Hi everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of Jeroen's Take. My name is Jeroen Blokland and in this brand new video series I will try to help you understand what is going on in the global economy, on financial markets, what is the outlook for the different asset classes and of course what does this all mean for your investment portfolio. Now this first topic of the first ever video I think is pretty straightforward, it is inflation. Because the latest US inflation report showed that headline inflation in the US has increased to 9.1%. This is not only the highest level since 1981, it was again higher than expected. So markets were expecting 8.8% inflation and we got 9.1% uh, instead. But it is the underlying data that looks even more worrisome. And I think this will have big repercussions both for monetary policy but also for financial markets. So let's start by looking at some of the underlying data. First, the 9.1% inflation is a year-on-year -year number. This is the way that economists and central banks have chosen to express inflation. But there is also a monthly series. So we saw that prices, US prices, in June rose by 1.3%. And that was the highest level, the biggest increase that we have seen in this post-COVID inflation area. So we already are in a high inflation environment for quite a couple of months, but in June prices rose the most in this period. So inflation is accelerating and this is just one example. So another way to look at inflation is to focus on the median CPI. So this is the price increase that is right in the middle of all price increases of all items in the CPI basket. So this is different from the average. The, the average can be influenced by a couple of items that rise extremely fast in prices or that go down by a lot. By, by looking at the price increase in the middle of all price increases, you get a good idea on how the prices are developing. Now, in June, the median uh, price increase was 0.73%. And this was by far the highest ever. And this comes after already a couple of months that saw record high median CPI increases. So we already were in a very uh, high inflation environment, but based on the median CPI, we stepped an up one notch. And again, it showed that inflation is accelerating. Another way to look at it is to distinguish between flexible prices, prices of items that can change relatively quickly in price, and sticky prices, prices of items that tend to change slowly in price. A couple of months ago, in the April inflation report, we saw that flexible prices actually declined. So this could have signaled that we were at the end of the price increases, that this would be the peak of inflation. Now it's completely different because uh, on an annualized basis, flexible prices rose 45% in June. Meanwhile, the sticky prices also continue to rise faster than before. So on an annualized basis, it's now 8.1%. So sticky prices, uh, prices of items that tend to change slowly in price, are up on an annualized basis 8.1%. Again, inflation is accelerating. And one of the most important uh, of the sticky prices is owner's equivalent rent. 
So this is the rent you should have paid uh, when your own house was put on the market uh, as a rental property. There's a direct link between house prices and rents. The only thing is there's a big time lag between the two because rents are always in the form of contracts of 12 months, 24 months, whatever, but there's a contract. It changes only once every cycle. So on average, the lag between house prices in the US and rents is 18 months. So that means that um, it takes 18 months on average for the increase in house prices to be fully reflected in rents, in owner's equivalent rent. Now, owner's equivalent rent was up in June 5.5% from a year ago, which is already the highest level in uh, 30 years. But house prices are still rising. The latest number show that house prices were up 21% from a year ago. So for the next 12 to 18 months, the pressure on owner's equivalent rent will stay there. Now, why is that important? Um, first of all, that means that there's a big uh, upward pressure still going on on inflation and second because owner's equivalent rents is the biggest component in the US CPI basket. It has a weight of 24%. So this means suppose that owner's equivalent rent rises to 6% that it will add on its own 1.5% every month to headline inflation. And this is also a reason why even if we get a recession and I think we get a recession that prices will uh, most likely not decline overall because of this upward pressure still from the rental side of things. So the last uh, inflation level measure I want to look at is core inflation because core inflation actually fell in June. It went from 6.0% to 5.9%. So it went down. But unfortunately, this was mostly because of base effect. As mentioned, if you look at a year-on-year -year change in prices, it matters what happened last month, but it also matters what happened last year. And if you look again at monthly numbers, there you see again an acceleration of inflation. So core inflation, so prices excluding food and energy, rose by 0.7% in June. And that was the quickest increase, the fastest increase since June last year. Again, inflation is accelerating. So the latest inflation data will have big repercussions for both monetary policy and financial markets. So even though inflation is likely to come down rather quickly, starting in a couple of months from now, because we see this combination of base effects, take energy and oil prices, they will start to pull inflation down. Uh, we have this economic slowdown, which will end in a recession. That means less demand, and that also brings inflation down. And we also see some of these supply chain disruptions, they are evaporating. But that help will be too late for the Fed. To regain control of inflation, to get ahead of the curve, the Federal Reserve has to be very aggressive. And this is what we will see at the next FOMC meeting. And so I expect that um, um, the Fed will hike rates by at least 75 basis points, but uh, a 100 basis point uh, rate hike, which we have not seen in 30 years, is definitely also on the table. And also if you look at market expectations, there is now a roughly 60% chance that we will get a 100 basis point rate hike by the Fed. I think that the Fed would prefer to stick with 75 
also because Powell has already expressed it, he liked 50 or even 25 basis points better, but 75 basis points should be, I think, the base case, but 100 basis points is definitely on the table. Also because the Bank of Canada just did it. They already hiked rates by 100 basis points. Now, what does this mean uh, for markets? I don't think this is very good for risky assets and equity markets in particular. And why? Because in the run-up to this inflation number, in the last couple of weeks, uh, markets have started to price out rate hikes. And that had to do something. They see this slowdown coming. And recession fears have increased. And that was a reason to, to price out rate hikes. But because inflation is still so high, because it again beat expectation and is still accelerating, the Fed has to step up, has to become more hawkish. So I think equity markets, risk assets will be in for an unpleasant surprise. And from this angle, it was very interesting to see that equity markets went down, but only marginally so. There was no capitulation whatsoever. But I think as this sinks in, as markets realize what this should mean for the Federal Reserve going forward, that um, equity markets will remain pressured for the time being. At the same time, it also means that the Fed must be ready uh, to kill demand even uh, uh, further. So basically a recession is the least of their worries right now. They have to regain control of inflation. So this will mean demand destruction. Uh, and of course, uh, this also means in the end that we will have a recession. Now, this means that yield curves will uh, invert. The 10-year, two-year yield curve is already inverted, but also with the big rate hike coming up, I also expect the 10-year, three-month yield curve uh, to invert. And every time both of these curves inverted, we got a recession somewhere between 12 and 18 months uh, later. I don't expect this to be uh, anything different uh, this time. It also means that we have this combination of tightening Fed, aggressively tightening Fed, and uh, the slowdown slash recession, yeah, most of the time, almost every time, uh, this means lower longer term bond yields. And that means that treasuries, especially longer dated treasuries, are more attractive relative to equities. And this is something to take into account into your portfolio. This brings me to the end of the first ever Jeroen Stake. I hope you liked this video. If you do, please like it. Uh, uh, below and also subscribe if you want to see more of my videos which I will publish in the next couple of weeks of course. For now thank you for watching and until next time. Ciao!